Hello and welcome to the Survivor at Home podcast. I'm Jordan Timpson. I'm long, alongside here with my co-host, Andrew Ironside, and we are ready to discuss on today's episode, Survivor 41, episode three, that just launched today. Um, we're super excited. Survivor at Home, the podcast has been a ton of fun so far, and we're ready to get going. So Andrew, welcome in. And I also want to welcome in our guest this week. This guest is a two-time Survivor at Home player, was not so familiar with the show before that, but now he is all in um, on Survivor, has been keeping up with this this season, and I'm sure has watched some seasons past as well. So we're very excited to have in with his own nickname, uh, London Steve. London Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much for, one, inviting me on to this podcast that I have no idea about survivor at all so thank you i really enjoyed the first two episodes of your podcast so i i do feel very honored and being asked to be it's all downhill from here but yeah the first two are great i i, I lower the bar so whoever comes after me like they're going to bring your show right back up awesome no well steve one of the reasons we wanted you on the show was because of your love for the game we had talked before you played survivor at home season two i think you were even wavering back and forth between joining you did join and then you're doing a ton of research you play the game you do okay uh, and we'll get into that more i'm sure through the episode but um, just your enthusiasm and now like every week you're calling me multiple times to talk about the real show to talk about the podcast uh your wife Haley's watching now with you although she said she watches more your reaction than than the show itself but pretty cool to see someone who's kind of newly invigorated with the love of survivor it's it's interesting like it's it's great and i wish i started 40 seasons ago but and steve one thing we like to do when we bring on guests who've played survivor at home is ask you what's a key strategy lesson you learned probably the hard way playing survivor at home Okay, that's a very good question because when I went into season two, I have no idea what I was even thinking about doing. And then all of a sudden we're on house party and I'm talking to random people that I don't even know. And I kind of froze and I didn't play, I guess, well. And I did feel very awkward in those house parties at first. And I thought, um, that was one thing that really hindered me and the other thing that um was terrible was i had a snow a snowstorm where i was living so my internet was terrible that's what you say anyway i'm sticking with that but i'm but yeah so my internet connection wasn't the greatest i felt like that really uh played a factor um in the first season in the second season i still didn't know what i was doing um but I tried to be more forward and take control of the situation and that didn't work either. So I came across with not knowing what to do and I still don't know what to do if I play on season four uh, in January. So that's right. And uh, London, Steve, the name, you are one of the only players in our survivor at home three seasons that has a name. Maybe you are the only one that has, this has kind of so. a boss and Rob S name or, a uh, kind of a nickname that has not only stuck, but really gained traction in the fans uh, of the show of the seasons are really latching on to that. Uh, tell us a little bit about where that name came from and uh, kind of why you've decided to keep it. Well, when I was told I had to make an audition video, I was like, 
what do I even say? I've never seen the show and I've only heard little tidbits of, I guess, the famous people. So when I came up with this idea of auditioning for the very first survivor ever and then finding out, wow, there's been 40 of them, like, what do you do? So I just went through all the main names, like, um, maybe I'll be the first one to play naked and no, that's already been done on season one, or maybe I'll be the first person to wear a tie-dye shirt. No, that's been done. Maybe I'll be, oh, I know, maybe I'll be the first one to use the city I live in as my name. So I just went through all the, uh, I guess, popular things that happened, or popular people uh, from Survivor, and just turned it into an audition. And then uh, you sent me a message, Andrew, about, hey, I'm just, why don't you use your house party name as London Steve? And it kind of uh, stuck that way but that was the idea behind it of just only taking the popular um, people from Survivor and just turning it into I guess a gimmick I guess yeah it's it's awesome if you haven't seen the video you can watch on survivoratthome.com go to season number two and under audition tapes you'll see Steve London Steve and his tape is awesome because you see him jokingly uh, contemplating these different names and it's good tv it's good to watch so Check that out, and uh, you will be thoroughly entertained. Survivoratthome.com, uh, season two. It's a lot of fun. So, That's, yeah. I remember watching that video and being like, oh, boy, what is this guy going to bring when we get going in uh, in season two? And and found out he was some competition, especially moving forward through season three. Andrew, you had a had a thought you wanted to um, share just before we jump into the episode. I did. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I was listening to the radio today. This is not connected to Survivor, but just the times that we live in. And they had on the show a healthcare professional who represented a bunch of nurses and doctors. And the individual was speaking just about the reality for so many of the people uh, that they know who are in nursing, who are in the healthcare field, even nursing homes, and um, just kind of the the fatigue, the discouragement, the, the sense of being burnt out during the pandemic of showing up to work every day of not really knowing what to expect of ICU beds being full. Um, I mean, the, the pandemic has been hard on anyone in any industry, for sure. Uh, but certainly, it was just on my mind today. I just wanted to bring this up to acknowledge those who are in the healthcare field who are in the hospital, specifically, the front lines like that, um, just that we yeah, that we see you. And it was very moving to hear. Um, and it's kind of hard. It's kind of discouraging because it's like, I don't know what the answer is. But just to say, you know, for those listening who are in, if that if you're in that field, we just want to acknowledge the incredible work that you're doing. And that we know that it's not easy. And that burnout is real. Um, if that's you, but also for those who are friends or family of someone in the healthcare field, maybe just this week. I mean, we can't we can't solve everyone's challenges but just to say you know maybe you might consider reaching out to someone you know who's in that field and buying them lunch order them lunch one day or uh, buy them a car wash or offer to walk their dog so they can have a nap I don't know just write them a note so it was just on my heart my mind we're living still in this pandemic around the world wherever you're listening from but certainly here in Canada as well although we're seeing a lot of improvements and some sense of normalcy still many people day to day that's the reality and a lot of just a lot of fatigue a lot of discouragement and so for those who are doing that work thank you and i think just an encouragement for us to all kind of reach out and support as we can so just wanted to say that before we get started 
Yeah, that's uh, that's a great start. And um, what the healthcare professionals have have done and gone through over the last what has it been eighteen months at least is um, incredible and deserves recognition from family, friends, and the uh, and everyone around them. As we get it, let's get into this episode um, and launch into Survivor 41, episode three. Um, it opens up and we get to see a little bit more than we have of each tribe uh, at the beginning of an episode. And the first thing we see coming out of the last tribal, we weren't sure who they were going to vote out. And Liana is the first one that comes on screen. She's facing some emotion. It's tough out there on Survivor. We all know that. Um, and this happens often in seasons where a player early on is facing some emotion. Um, and she also, to me, looks like she a little bit, she regrets not voting out Xander. Um, and instead they voted out Vochi because uh, Xander has some power in the game despite not having a vote. Um, were there, was there anything in those opening scenes, whether it's with the Yasa tribe or the other two tribes, Lubu and Ua, that kind of stood out to you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, to to see the emotion there is always a reminder that this is this is real, right? And it's a show. There's a lot going on, but this I think this is the first time we're seeing the, the fatigue, the emotion, the, the kind of the stress and the contemplation and all of that factoring, and someone just kind of breaking down on camera. And obviously, that would happen throughout the series, but um, that just it just kind of reminded me, like, oh yeah, here they are. They're here to play, and those emotions are real. Every decision you make, we see actually later on even with shannon we'll get to that how she's feeling the emotion of having to, to vote for someone but yeah that that right off the bat i think there was some great production by the survivor team to show us here's lana and, and it's hard for her she's she's contemplating she's wrestling with it it shows that even though this is just a game it really is your entire being for these days that you're out on the island but yeah what do you think london steve the first thing that came to my mind was and i we talked earlier in the week about um your podcast about you guys are all on the ev train evy train but i felt like watching that that leanne leon what's her name again liana liana like she didn't go with her gut she wanted something and sort of got pushed aside what she wanted to happen um she so easily gave it up um to follow evie evie and i felt like that might come back to to get her like like i want to make this big play this big play would have been huge and i got so easily pushed aside what i want for someone else so i took that as a not that um not as a sign of weakness on behalf of her but she's um more that inside struggle like i should have stood up for myself and what i wanted to do and that was the real first big thing that I saw from her in three, the first two episodes uh, was this. And I think going forward, I think I think she needs to, I think she will sort of push forward of what she wants mm -hmm. moving forward. Yeah, that's well said. And and then after that intro scene, uh, we, we right away were introduced to the idols. A couple of people find these idols in plain sight, which is always amazing that it's like who's going to see this first and are other people going to see this but we're we're they get this clue it's another beware challenge and they're told this time that you have to get on the boat but again you see that and, and it was a brad that was the first one who gets it um and then a couple on the other tribe but yeah just when you guys see that if you're sitting there in camp and you see an idol or a clue or a piece of paper that really is in plain view 
is it even worth going to get it? Because even the shot they showed of, um, I think, Nasir watching uh, Sydney. I'm like, it looks like he sees her. It's like, how could you not see her? But yeah, if you guys are there sitting around a fire, you see a piece of paper, do you, do you grab it? Is it worth the risk? I mean, it's a bit of a, for sorry, for me, it's a bit of a read and react type of situation. You've got to read the room. If everyone's looking in that general area, I don't know how you can get away with it. But if you know that you can drop something, grab that paper, kind of hide it in that movement and go with it, in Survivor, it's better to have an advantage than not. Um, the issue with this season is not everyone's learned this lesson yet, but everything comes at a cost and a or a potential cost. Um, and I wonder if we'll see someone decide that the potential cost is too great to even go for one of these beware advantages. We've seen a couple of people make a decision that um, the cost is too great and they'll go with an easier choice, but we haven't seen anyone avoid the beware advantage um, or really even acknowledge it. I think um, one of the one of the contestants who picked up the advantage today, I think it was Tiffany, afterwards said, I didn't even see beware. Tiffany or Sydney? I think it was Sydney, yeah. Sydney, she said, I didn't even see the beware until after I had read the whole advantage. Yeah. Um, and that uh, that just shows you how excited everyone is to get an advantage. Um, but this season's a little bit different with the beware where you can you can lose something valuable to you right away. It was with the, the, the advantages that they all found. I liked how, and not production wise, but it just happened that all three that were found were in a different situation. Like Tiff found hers with two other people right there. So they saw that. Uh, Brad was the only one who wasn't looking for things and it just appeared while he was working. And Sydney found the one at camp where other people were around. And when you go that she didn't read the beware, she, she stared at that for a long time and was like, I need to go grab it now before someone else. Um, so it's interesting that all three had different stories to go along with um, how they picked up that be beware and reading it by yourself, reading it quickly, reading, reading it with others. So it's just a, very interesting to see how people are responding and how they want to handle uh, picking it up and reading them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to see, I like Tiffany in this episode too. You saw her talk about that. Like, oh, I wouldn't have done that if they weren't looking. Uh, it was cool to see her get some uh, good light. And, and I think it's probably because she started to make some good decisions. And later we see her do really well in the challenge too. So a, a kind of an, a, definitely moving up in the power rankings for sure. This episode where she's acknowledging a strategic reality that like, I wouldn't have done this, but they saw me. So, so good on her for, for doing that. But th this kind of ties in, of course, to then you, you open it and you got to read what it says. And it says, you got to go and leave at night. Um, kind of connected to this point is the idea of making a move, just just kind of going for it, right? You think like Sydney did, she just like, okay, gonna reach down and grab it. Same thing at night, it's dark, um, but people are always on their game. Do you guys do that? Do you just say, okay, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go? Do you do something maybe like Brad when he creates his little uh, fake, you know, person in the, out of uh, different materials and paddles? That was that was pretty cool, but. What would you guys do if that, again, were you at, at night with so much on the line if you get caught, but do you just kind of get up and go no matter what, or is it, is it not worth the risk? Well, Brad said it, like, it's a high risk. I need to do high risk. And we saw that in the previous episode with him hiding in the bush. It seems like that goes with who he is. 
in taking those high risks. And like you said, Andrew, making a fake body on the beach, high risk. He's like, I'm looking for this. This gets me excited to play the game, all this high risk. So I think when you're there and all those emotions, you just have to do what you feel is best how to get out and all that. And for him, the more risky, it seems like the better he is Mm -hmm. at this point. And how dark is it at camp? Because they're showing the camera. That's obviously got the, what kind of light would that be that you're able to see in the dark? But the other player, they can't, there's no lights other than the fire, right? Like the, the players wouldn't look over and see him as easy as we can see in the, in the filming, yeah. right? I would, I would assume that it's as dark as can be there. Like the only light should be if your fire is still going, there'd be light surrounding that. Um I guess the moon would illuminate a little bit, but like nothing almost. And then maybe the light from your iPad. (laughs) Yeah. The light from your, from your iPad on the, on the beach in Fiji uh, is giving you some light too. But um, I don't, I don't know. There's got, it's gotta be pretty dark there. And I would, I just wonder, we saw scenes of JD turning over and I just wonder if those were at no time near when Brad was actually getting up. That was kind of my first thought with that is, um someone that i was watching with goes shout out to my parents who i watched this episode with um my dad goes oh look he's he's awake and i went i don't think he's awake i think he's dead asleep and and he was awake an hour before or three hours later just stock footage of like someone sleeping they just put it in that file and it's like all right go find yeah. stock jd rolling during his sleep you just got to make it interesting yeah right? always got to make it interesting yeah. um it's we've seen the sneak away i believe the first time we ever saw the sneak away from camp was in season 40 with Sarah. Was no, any, no, it had happened more? before. I'm pretty sure it happened before. Sarah's was good. And I feel like hers was, it seemed like there's uh, even more risk because she's going into the enemy tribe, I believe, which was, that is crazy that I was nervous watching her do that. But I think, I feel like it was, there was another appearance of that previously as well. I'm pretty sure it was season 15, but um, that's my guess. <laughs> is this an informed guess or just literally throwing out a number between one and 40 uh one and 40 and 15 just came up it seems about that's when they want to do a sneak away um nice but if that's correct i will buy you a coffee thank you very cool so what do you think then do you guys say you're going to 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 risk it at that time of night i think you have to because yeah. it says if you don't go you lose your vote so no matter what you're going mm-hmm. it's either you're doing it with no one knowing or you're going and someone is going to figure it out but if you don't go you've already lost your vote so you might as well try mm-hmm. definitely so they yeah. get yeah go ahead jordan yeah no i was just gonna say i i'm pretty sure the the rule of it is once you open that paper you're you're stuck. Your your warning before opening it was when you read the title of it or didn't read the title of it and just opened it. Um, but I like this challenge because it's the same idea as the risk a vote or protect your vote, except they've added in that other layer, which is if everyone was it if everyone chooses the tarp, they don't get it. Yeah, I wrote it um, down so- here because it was I had to go back a few times. It was confusing, but I actually really like it. Um, it's do you want me to read it for you? Uh, Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I wrote it down because I'm not smart enough to track with it. So it says, if everyone chooses the tarp, everyone gets a tarp. If all people choose to steal a vote, 
all people lose their vote at the next tribal council. If there's a split decision, the players who choose the tarp don't get anything, but those who do choose steal a vote get something. So there's some kind of incentive to try and be aggressive and go for that. Um, yeah, and again, as they I reference, like in, go ahead. I was just going to say, as they reference to not a lot of time, Tiffany said that, like, like we got to be careful here because they might know that we're up. So, yeah. And I like that added element of, because protect a vote with the protective vote, risk a vote. You, if you just protected your vote, you had it no matter what happened. Um, you got to keep it versus in this one, just because you choose tarp doesn't mean you get tarp. Mm -hmm. If someone risks it and goes for the steal a vote, they get that, you get nothing. And so that was a that was a fun layer to add on where the only way that everyone could actually be satisfied was tarp. And Sydney decided she was going to go for the tarp. Um, she had to have known that someone was going to risk it because the worst in this situation, I think the worst thing you can do is say you're going to go with the easy thing. Because as soon as she says, I'm going for the tarp, if Brad believes her, which she does, then he gets he gets his steal of vote. And both Sydney and Tiffany lose out. I was actually surprised that Tiffany chose tarp mm -hmm. in that situation because I, I didn't think they would have any inkling that Brad would choose tarp. And so they'd both lose out on it. But um, but yeah, that was that was a nice added element other than just the protect your vote where it was completely 100% safe. It wasn't in this scenario, and it made it a, a tougher decision, I think. Oh, well, and they weren't very amicable in this versus when, like, Evie and Deshaun were there. Like, they were genuinely talking. You could see, like, they kind of sort of wanted to make it work, and pro whereas the way they showed this, the three of them there, they're, like, almost staring each other down. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know you. I think it was Sydney. She's like, I don't know I don't know your last name. I don't know anything about you. So, that, and that's interesting to personalities, isn't it? Because someone like me, even if I were there, I am kind of like Shan, where I get attached to people pretty quickly and the relationships are important. Where someone like Sydney's personality, it seems like she's like, I don't care about you. I don't know you at all. I'm loyal to my tribe and really to myself. And she's able to be pretty stern. Although, again, she didn't go for it. But just I thought that was an interesting people dynamic in that scenario. It was interesting to see the difference in Tiff. If you go back to her own tribe, she's sort of that kind of pushover. Like, I, I'm very unsure. But here, she's like, this is what we're like. She took charge in that. And it felt weird seeing her take charge and trying to take charge. And I think that's when Sydney said, I don't know you. Like, who, like, why are you coming at it this way? But you can see that Tiff does have it in her, but she has to build it up from the lack of confidence from the first couple of episodes. But it was interesting yeah. to see her take charge. Tiffany is that classic survivor story now where low confidence, tough and challenge in the tough and challenges in the first couple of episodes. And all of a sudden she survived two votes. She, she made it through them. She might've been in trouble for two votes, but got through them. And now here we go. We're on, we're, we're running. She's got confidence in the game. She wants to make good decisions. She unfortunately found an advantage in front of a couple of people. Otherwise, her plan was to keep that hidden. But her game is is turned around. She had a good performance in the challenge, which we're just about to get to. Um, uh, yeah, and and it's starting to turn into oh, we're gonna we're gonna like Tiff. We're we Tiffany. We had a tough couple of episodes, and now the game's completely turned for her, and she's starting to come into her own and and have some confidence in in her survivor game. 
we come into the challenge. Oh, can I hold and, on, Jordan? I got to cut yeah, you go off ahead. here. I got a little surprise for you guys here. So this is real. You guys don't know about this. We're going to play our own version of the uh, risk or reward that we saw in this episode. So the uh, sponsors of the show, which pay millions of dollars, and you can contribute if you'd like, have offered this to all three of us. Okay, here we go. So I want you guys to choose, and I'm going to play too, between a small coffee will be bought for you, or tea, if you don't drink coffee, but you should drink coffee, or a $5 gift card for any coffee shop of your choice. Okay, and so here are the rules. If all of us choose a small coffee, the podcast will cover all three of us getting our own free coffee tomorrow morning on the way to work. If all of us choose the $5 card, all of us as a punishment have to say something very nice here in front of everyone for all to hear. And if there's a split decision, the ones who choose the small coffee cannot speak for the next two minutes of this podcast, while the ones who do choose the $5 get the $5 gift card. So I'm going to give us a minute uh, to debrief. If you want me to repeat it, I'm fine to do so. But let's, uh, let's talk about this for a minute. I want to make sure I understand it because I can't rewind it just like uh, listening to what. Yes, now. I had to go back many times. I'll do it one more time here. I wonder we were late. Yes, that's okay. So your choice is between a small free coffee Got it. tomorrow morning on the way to work or a $5 gift card to any coffee shop of your choosing, which of course could buy you multiple coffees or maybe a coffee and a donut or whatever you want. Anyway, if we all go for the small coffee choice, then all of us will get on behalf of the podcast. And our faithful listeners, which actually no one has given anything, but they should, um, you'll get a free coffee. If all of us go for the $5 gift card, the punishment is that we all have to then go around and say something very nice about each other, and there's no coffee. And lastly, if there's a split decision, the one who chooses the small coffee can't talk for two minutes, and the ones who choose the $5 uh, will get the $5 gift card. And I'll put it in the chat there. So what do you guys think? Let's let's deliberate here for thirty seconds, and then we got to make our our confidential votes. I think I already know what I'm doing. It's pretty simple. If we all if we all choose a small coffee, we all get a small coffee, right? Like yes. that's pretty that's pretty simple, isn't it? I get a good I get a coffee on the way to I get a coffee at some point. A small coffee, or the you problem, can buy a coffee. The problem is, small coffee is just not enough. So. This is a true statement. Yes. Like, I wouldn't mind a large coffee, and I have to get a $5 gift card for that. So, hmm. I know, I think I know what I would do. Okay. So, I want everyone to write down confidentially. People listening obviously can't see this, but we'll be honest with our decisions. So, let's go ahead and I see why this is such a, this is such a hard decision (laughs) for the players on Survivor. And this is just a two to $5 coffee decision. Okay. Okay. So we'll hold it up and then obviously we got to say it for those who are listening because they don't know. Okay. One, two, three, reveal. Oh my goodness. So me being the host and being a very kind person wrote small coffee, London, Steve and Jordan write $5 gift card, which means you both get a $5 gift card. We'll make sure to send it tomorrow. And it means I cannot speak now for two minutes of this podcast, which is probably great for ratings, but bad for me. Jordan, why did you go five dollars? I know why I went five dollars. I want I wanted the five dollar the whole time. I wanted to kind of fake you out and, and get my advantage. 
I, I want to have to say something nice about both of you, but um, that was the only reason I was just trying to oh, see, I, and compliment you guys. But oh, nice. See, I, I wanted coffee. I wanted coffee and I needed someone to get that small coffee so that I could get my uh, my $5 specialty coffee from wherever I want. Okay, London, Steve, we got Andrew on mute here. This is going to be fun because um, he's written some notes about uh, the challenge and I don't think he's going to get a chance to to chat about it here. But uh, we see that um, having extra people is a huge advantage in Survivor, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so Heather, who is probably going to be a physical, physically weaker player, and Erica as well, physically weaker players on the blue tribe, they just get to sit out. It's such an advantage. Yasa has decided not to go after um, uh, go after their their strategic threats. Instead, went after the strength, and it's costing them because Tiffany's got to do these challenges where where the others don't. Um, think about your experience in challenges with Survivor at home. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any kind of insight on, uh, from your experience, what, what makes a challenge tough on you? I think it, if, if you already going into the challenge don't feel confident in it, you're kind of like, ooh, I already know that this is going to be challenging. And... Um, it's too bad Andrew can't speak because we talked about this earlier about the whole idea of, um, sorry, knowing yourself and knowing your team. And we both come from this coaching background and putting the right players in at the right time and sort of knowing who would be best at these challenges. And the Blue Tribe is doing exactly that. Like they know exactly what I wish would happen is I wish they would have to say who's sitting before they show the the challenge i think that would be an interesting twist also like um here's the name of it and sort of you need to pick and choose because if not then you can easily say okay i feel like sitting however going back to it i wrote down is no offense to her is who's the lady that keeps sitting out because i have no idea who she is because she keeps sitting out of every single challenge and i feel bad for her um but maybe she's happy that she's just in survivor but knowing yourself you're already going to feel how you're going to do and you have to sort of elevate your game to meet the expectations of others i'm going to say but yeah so going back to that rule about picking before the challenge they actually used to have a rule in survivor which was you can't sit out two challenges in a row um was the rule and so you'd have players who who have to compete in the next challenge because they sat out the one previously and they're they're they kind of made that sacrifice already and now are competing that's not a that's not the worst rule um now with it always being one challenge in between tribal councils instead of two they used to do reward and immunity separate and oftentimes they do them together now so you're not able to kind of follow that rule as much in favor of these uh in favor of these immunity challenges um but uh but yeah that was that was also a good rule i kind of missed that because you just see the same players sitting out over and over but also it's an advantage for your tribe if you keep winning challenges don't go to tribal council it's an advantage for your tribe not to have to deal with um uh, everyone having to do every challenge because you've you you've earned the right to have someone sit um, we have a couple of notes here on this challenge. So Luvu wins again. They they win everything. I think they've come first place in every challenge, other than that boat challenge at the beginning, where they didn't unclip their boat and they've basically played a flawless game since then. 
Uh, Yasa, despite being physically weaker, probably end up making it through because uh, JD tries to do three layups, four layups with that uh, with that sandbag, and it does not land on those platforms. At first, I looked at that challenge and I went, "This is going to be impossible." And I think it took a really long time. I, I really do think that that sandbag challenge took a while for them to figure it out. Um, but it looked impossible, and then you realize get the sandbag to its peak, it lands on the platform, good to go. My favorite part of the season, not my favorite part of this season, but uh, Jeff takes away the losing team's flint. They lose their fire. I heard a story this week that uh, a previous well-known contestant on Survivor is pretty sure that when production wants to, they mess with your fire and actually put it out um, when they don't want it to, when they don't want it to be on. They do have the right to put it out if it gets out of control. But I think also with taking away a team's flint, it's very likely that production helps that fire get extinguished while they're gone and losing their flint to make well, it. I'll an just, I'll just make it known now that I'm back in that if I ever play with you guys, I will put out your fire for what you've just done to me. So <laughs> I know no hard feelings. Hard to, I know that's hard for Andrew to be in a conversation about something he really loves and can't speak. So um, that was a great two minutes. Like we should do this more often. I gave you yeah, more time because I knew you were really enjoying it. I knew the fans were enjoying it. Um, I can two see that with Jordan and London, Steve, that could be a, a weekly segment. Yeah. A break off <laughs> tribe swap. <laughs> but, but going to, uh, back to the, yeah, sorry, the, the challenge before I not, I'm sorry if you're going to get there, but Brad spoke up which was interesting at the very beginning. And I turned to my wife right at the time. I said, if I was Tiff and Evie and the other, I would say, let's blow this challenge. And, and then we know that we can vote Xander off right away. If their goal was to get Xander out, because Brad has said his part of the, and then no one else from the blue, that whole yellow tribe goes, Xander has no vote. If we really want to get him off, we blow this challenge. But we why, why, Steve? Why would you why would you ever throw a challenge? I think they actually referred to next episode. There's a hint yeah. at that. Uh, but to me, yeah. I'm like, why? Like you just never I, I, un- yeah. I my reason for it was if you really I know strength in numbers, but if you really think that Xander and I'm putting out there, Xander's my pick to win the whole thing. I don't know anything. I liked his cardigan when he was on the boat. And I said, I like that guy. He's going to play well. Um, But if you really deem deem him strong and your goal is to get to the next level without these really strong players, and you know he can't vote because his idol's not in play, why not get rid of him? You still have the three of you as your tribe that you're connected with moving forward. Yeah, I, I get that. My thing with blowing a challenge is every time you step into tribal council, unless you have an immunity idol either hidden or around your neck, it's a shot for you to go home. On a tribe of four, it's a 25% chance that you go home. And if just something goes wrong in camp, what if you go back to camp and Leanna and Evie aren't getting along? Then all of a sudden, one of them wants to turn on the other, and then that puts Tiffany in a weird spot because she's got to pick sides or try to unite them to vote out Xander. And it just, I, I think there's too many situations where things can go wrong. If you can avoid tribal council, you need to you need to do that every time um, and not, not blow it. There's very few chances. I think um, 
only when a tribe member is truly like a detriment to the team in more ways than just being physically weaker or socially not great. Uh, there's been a couple of examples of that in, in Survivor, but I other than that, I would not uh, want to blow that challenge. The good thing is now you know that whole tribe knows where the other uh, one other clue is. So they know that Brad has the potential for a clue. I'm still waiting. Hopefully they I didn't want production to tell us who in the Luvu tribe is going to find it now that they haven't found it yet, but I would have loved for just someone to say that line mm -hmm. from the Luvu tribe in that challenge. No context. No, we didn't know that it happened. We didn't think they had found it. Uh, and then they find it and everyone, and everyone at home goes, Oh, look what's going on. Mm -hmm. And Brad goes, Oh, here we go. I've got an idol and Xander and the Holy Asset tribe knows what's going on. I would have loved that to happen, but clearly the, Luvu tribe for as well they, as they do in challenges they really haven't started playing the game yet and it'll be interesting to see what happens when they when they're forced to play the game a little bit because they're just sitting back at camp wishy-washy on how they feel about this year every week <laughs> and uh and winning challenges and and eating fruit and that's about it going on at the Luvu tribe yeah this this idol or this uh, clue with the three secret phrases is i think pretty controversial it's interesting to follow what people are saying just online and even just talking to friends and fellow survivor fans that i don't think it's getting a lot of popularity based on how it's played just because of the severity of it and obviously this is a new era it's a new season um we're coming out of the pandemic but i don't know it just seems like for the the, the fact that you can't vote and actually, this actually is a question i have too so brad finds the other um he gets to steal a vote from going on the boat at night he comes back. Do we know if he was able to use that? I know we're not at the tribal yet, but I was curious as he got that. Um, is he aware of what yeah. he can do? Can he ask he production? He like he said he couldn't. And right yeah. before he goes, I have this save a vote and I can't use it. Yeah. So he knew right yeah. off the bat he has nothing. Why? Yeah, why? In, a, in a confession, in a confessional, he clarified that. I don't know why. I would love to hear the reasoning why that's the rule, but he did clarify that in a confessional. So clearly production has told him that uh, uh, the exact rules surrounding it, he can't steal someone's, he doesn't have the right to vote and he can't steal someone's vote. I guess so. that's what it says. Yeah. that you cannot vote in the next travel. That just seems yeah. as opposed yeah. to like a block of vote. You could play the that. Punishment, or... as Steph was saying this last week on the podcast, the punishment on that, uh, on that, that idol it outweighs a bit of the reward losing your vote in these small tribes is yeah. a little bit uh, a little bit tough um or is quite a bit tough it, it's not a great it's a really really difficult punishment to deal with it almost cost xander the game last week and as we'll get into here it did cost brad his game his game this week but uh, okay so we move from speaking of which we move from the challenge Luvu wins, Yasa wins, see you later. We're not going to talk about them the rest of the episode. They're not going to get any screen time until scenes from the next episode. Um, we move into JD coming back from a water break. Oh, my god! And gosh. he's got a little paper in his pants. Andrew, oh my what, gosh. what's JD doing? Oh, my gosh, man. I uh, she it, It's so unexpected that I thought it was more likely Shan was going to say, and I saw him come down, and I looked at his pants. And he wet himself. That's what I thought she was going to say. Because never in a million years would I have thought she was going to say, I look down and see the paper sticking out of your pants. I have not played on the game in real life. But I cannot. And how do you do that? How do you make that mistake where you have your clue 
tucked in your pants like that for all to see. Um, that is a, a costly, costly error. That I mean, that's going to haunt him for the whole game. He's been painted as kind of young and, kind of, you know, out there anyway. And this is just going to be a shot in the – yeah, this is, this is bad news for J.D. for sure. A common theme in this season is information just gets shared everywhere. And it happened on the Yasid tribe a lot. Evie did a lot of it retrospectively on last week. I think she shared a little bit too much information with too many people where she should have kept it secret. Brad right away shares all his advantages. And now JD, Tiffany as well, but she was kind of forced into that as she talked about. And now JD is not only forced to share his information, he then, as the young kid on the tribe, gets grounded by Shan. Yeah. And she has to hold on to his advantage to prove that trust as soon as what did yeah what did she say there can you clarify that i I didn't fully understand what took place she so she's going to do the classic take his advantage and hold on to it did she suggest that first or did he did he just kind of throw that out there he i believe he said here i will even give it to you and she said yeah give it to me in a trust i'll give it back to you um when you're not on time my understanding out. of how that exchange yeah is my understanding of that how that exchange went and so yeah until you're not on time out i'll give this back to you as soon as he gave it up to her and he didn't by rule have to i went oh boy that's not a good idea she could use it on you tonight and then i thought why would she use it tonight if she she's in control of what's going to go on here but uh, but i don't love the idea of giving your advantage away to someone else just to hold unless you have to yeah, it's interesting because you're in damage control. I'm trying to think if that was me. I would I would think I would never do that. But if you're like, I'm going home for sure, maybe this act will gain me a bit of trust back. Shan's a pretty kind person, gracious. Maybe she'll you know see this as a as a token and, and give me a chance. But yeah, it's just it's again, that seems like in the survivor one or one oh one file. Like don't tell people about idols and don't or advantages and don't give them away ever. Um, no. If you go out, you go out, but I mean, it worked for him, I guess, but yeah, unless you know, unless you know, know 100% that they're going to be on your side about it. Mm-hmm. And if there's anyone that JD is going to trust in this game, I think it's going to be Shan. I don't think there's anyone else that he's really, really going to be trusting in this game. Uh, him and Shan have been close. We saw them with a couple of uh, really close conversations in the first episode um, before Tribal and at Tribal. And now here uh, they have this again. So, um, yeah, if he's going to trust anyone, it's got to be Shan. But mm-hmm. that was that was it. wasn't the greatest look that he just gave it up to her. And he he also said, I, I didn't want you to find out. Like he he wanted to be still sneaky. He wanted to have this have his i guess alliance but doesn't want to tell them this and Mm -hmm. got caught and what i like i guess is that whole shan's like i'm just disappointed and we all know that that kills us more i'm not upset i'm just more disappointed like uh we hear that sometimes and say oh i i hate that (laughs) but but to be right and he even said it i didn't plan on you catching me Mm-hmm. Like, very very honest answer right? not a not a political answer very very straightforward but he almost went right into damage control and i think he did like i know you can't trust me so what's the only thing i can do 
Well, here's this. But what I thought was also, if we go back to season one, um, I'm Ricardo, Ricard, Ricard. He didn't trust him already in episode one. And now this is like, so something like must be really big for him to want to keep him around. If all this not what they're showing is he can't trust JD, but he still wants him around. So something Chan must have a real grip over everyone. <laughs> well, that, that is interesting. Eh? Just the, the production of it. Cause you're right. You saw Ricard just throwing him right under the bus. And I, I agreed with Ricard. I didn't like, uh, I, I would have sided with him uh, against JD as well, just of how he uh, was playing. But then you see Ricard in this episode, right? He's like considering him or Brad. So is that a genuine change of heart? Is he talking to someone his production just using this one clip? Do they even ask him to do it again to be more neutral? Because how do you go from being so certain of it's you don't you're you're skeptical of someone and then they even make a big mistake like that and they wreck the challenge and then he's like yeah you know I'm not quite sure who it is. Yeah, it it's such a tough. Yeah, they they love to do a good job of making you think about who it's going to be. Like I kind of went in last episode went in with what I thought was a good idea that it would be Xander going out and, and then, uh, and then going into tribal, it went, Oh, it might make sense that it's actually Voce who's going to go home here. This one, I was, I wasn't sure. I was pretty shocked when the votes were actually read out and it was, uh, was Brad who was, who was going home. But before we get to that, Shan um, has a really cool moment where she, an emotional moment here where she talks about, and you get this a lot from survivors to talk about how they're, um, home life or childhood affects what they're doing now. And she has a really open and clear conversation with the camera and with the audience about making a decision uh, or being forced into a decision by her parents, which was, um, which is one really sad, unfair uh, was for sad. such a young child to have to make that decision, but how that still kind of sticks with her to this day um in making a decision like this where she's voting someone out of a game and yet these are the emotions that she's feeling about it i mean yeah that that was hard to watch right just and i mean i actually said out loud to my wife (laughs) i said to i spoke to the tv kind of like when i watch sports too uh I, i said shan it's not your fault that's not that's not your fault that's not your choice you're a child right that's and i'm not here to bash anyone's parents either but that um, is a very sad situation and that's not on her, right? She, you, you don't put your child, you don't put your child in the middle, right? You're the adults, you decide that. So just wanted to say that because that really rubbed me the wrong way and I feel for her, but she's obviously matured and, what she, and kind of her other point in bringing that up, of course, was just that she cares about people and then her personality and who she is and she's a pastor, you know, um, and she's, and she, so she says it's hard in survivor because i'm one minute i'm talking to brad and i'm like I, yeah I, I like brad i want to go with him then i'm talking to uh, jd and i want to go uh, with jd and i just appreciate her honesty that's very much my personality too i would that's how i would play and it, it would be hard and i appreciated her honesty and her emotion in that again it's just a game people say is it any different than playing monopoly like you don't cry when you beat people in monopoly but obviously it's more than just yeah, you do, London Steve. He's shaking his head. Yeah, he's cried. Uh, flipped the table. But yeah, you know, there, there is real emotion. These are real human beings that um, you're you're playing with. And I and I, I actually wanted to ask you guys, so for Survivor at home, 
I've been able to have the joy of hosting it, but I haven't actually played. So I want to ask, as you're playing, even in a game like that, it's a weekend event. It's pretty intense. It's two nights for like eight hours each. Um, is Are those emotions real even in that setting? And can you kind of resonate with, when someone like Shan on The Real Show is, is getting pretty teary over this? I think like when I got voted out the first time uh, in season two, it was that whole snake where you got to save one person, one person, one person. And it really does suck that no one wanted to save me. Like it was right off the bat. It's like, no, I want this person, this person. This, and like, yes, it's a game, but ultimately like, well, that sucks when it's down to like, I want this person to still be in. I want this person to still be in. I want this person to still be in. And you're the last on the, the, the totem pole. And you're like, well, my game's done because no one wanted me. And it mm. doesn't feel good, um, even though you know it's a game. Um, but when you talk about how Survivor is this social experience and a social experiment, um, for me, it was frustrating because I do think I, I feel like um, I'm a very social guy and it kind of hurt. And I made my video like, this sucked. Like, I'm going to... And, I went right off the bat and said, I got to choose two people to go against each other. I chose the two people who were right there in front of me because I got mad. Um, it happens, but you get over it. And I'm not playing for a million bucks. So I got over it after I got to the other Zoom call and just had a good time. But I can see playing for a million bucks, it could resonate for a much longer time. And then the second time I was just more having more fun the whole time. So and Jordan got me out anyways, so um, I can't be too upset because he invited me on here. So we're good. <laughs> um, just for, yeah, sorry about that, Steve. I, I picked you to join my team and then voted you out right away. That was not the plan and was not fun because it didn't help me either because I got voted out next. Um, in terms of is it hard to – I found in the season where I got to, to win Survivor at home, for the overwhelming majority of that season – I was able to kind of keep the emotion out of votes and just, this is what needs to happen. This is where we need to go. And that all changed in uh, a blindside vote where I had to, and I'm sure we will get to this one um, in a future episode. Uh, shout out to Vicky, who I uh, was pretty sure was my closest ally in that season of Survivor at Home. And that was, that was a very, very difficult decision because um, when in a game like this, you can't, you truly can't trust anyone or shouldn't trust anyone, but yet you have to trust people to get as far as you go in the game and to know that someone fully trusts you in what you're doing. You trust them in what they're doing, and yet you have to get rid of them, or it's the right, it's the right move in your mind to get rid of them. And you just you you want to find every way to make it not happen. I truly wanted to find every way to make that not happen, and um, and it didn't, and that was. Outside of that, the other votes I didn't struggle with for whatever reason. They were either early votes or when we merged in that season, we were tribe versus tribe. So it was less of a connection with those who you were voting out from the other tribe in the merged version of it. But uh, when you have to make a blindside with an actual ally of yours, and maybe that speaks into what Stan had to deal with. With She has invested so much time into her relationship in this game with JD and despite her talking in confessionals in this episode and talking to him, 
about how she's lost some trust. She's invested a lot of time into that relationship. And if she's feeling torn about trying to vote him out to this extent, and we see why she's torn about it, and she tells us about that, but she's torn about that and to this extent, you can see why it would be so hard for her to do that. Plus, she has Ricard in her ear saying, let's vote out Brad. That's who I want out. Now you've got Ricard on your side. JD has a vote, so he's on your side. Um, but the emotional, the, the emotional part can get there in a relationship. I was able to separate it outside of, of someone that you're working with, but there are times where, where it, it plays into it for sure. And you feel for the other person's emotions. You, um, you think about it yourself. Um, yeah, it, it, it can be hard to separate at times, even in a version of the game that lasts about 35 hours or so. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. And just a little plug again for Survivor at Home. If you go to the website, survivoratHome.com, and you go to this, the past season's videos and media, you can see the exit videos. We asked every contestant right after they're voted out to share um, their thoughts on it. And there's some raw emotion there. And I, and I have received certain messages from people after being like, this really sucks. People have been in tears after uh, being voted out um, because it is you're, you're, you're building trust. And, and that's the, the game of survivor. And that's what Jeff alludes to this in the tribal. We have this very touching moment tonight on the show, JD sharing and the background music's playing, working on your heartstrings about how he's there and it's inspired him as a kid. And he hopes to inspire other people. And Jeff goes, yeah, I hear you. And the thing about survivors, we got to vote someone out. So let's do it. <laughs> he just like, so, there's been a, there's been a theme this season which is, and maybe it's in past seasons as well. It probably is. But when Jeff asks you about a question about your life outside of Survivor, that's never a good sign in a tribal council at all because you're probably the one who's get, getting voted out and he knows that. Um, and as soon as they get into JD's long answer, I'm sitting there going, oh, well, I guess I guess he's going to be out this episode because yeah, I thought the um, same. that's what happened to Voce last episode. I believe that happened to... Um, to either Abraham or to Sarah, uh, Eric Abraham or Sarah. In the first episode, it happened to at least one of them where they talked about their life outside of Survivor and then were voted out. And I thought for sure that was kind of a kiss of death on JD. Um, but uh, but instead, Jeff reads the reads the votes in a weird um, order. He reads Brad's name first, then JD, and usually it goes Brad, JD, and then you just continue with that second name. Mm -hmm. Skips back to Brad. And I truly didn't even think he was going to get voted out. When Jeff said um, third or fourth person voted out a survivor, I was kind of shocked that it was going to be Brad because mm -hmm. I, I was convinced they were voting out JD. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I didn't see it coming. I thought it would have been uh, JD as well. Brad was clearly blindsided. And I like his line at the end. He's like, well, I guess I'll go back to the ranch where I can be around people that I trust. Because that is that is survivor, man. You're You're there. You're playing with these people that you're really connected with. But at the end of the day, you got to be out for yourself. So what, what do you think, Lennon, Steve? I've got two quick things about, once again, never seen Survivor where, Jordan, you said, based on previous episodes and season, you kind of already had an idea based on how production does things, who's going. For someone who's never seen anything, I don't take that in consideration at all. So it's coming very fresh where I'm like, I don't have previous background like, oh, they got their story. This is going to be their time to go. So it was very refreshing uh, coming in brand new, not knowing what production does. So 
um, I was very torn about going uh, back and forth. But Andrew, I got a quick question for you. Yes. If you don't mind. If you had an option, you're going to vote. Let's just say you have to vote for Jordan or myself. Um, Jordan has kind of snooped around. He's betrayed you. You lost his trust. You you lost your trust in him. Mm-hmm. Or me, who feels like I can tell you anything. You're not seeing what I'm doing, but I can tell you anything. Who do you vote out? The guy you who you say you lost your trust in are the one who will tell you anything. Who would you vote out? It's so hard, man. And like, again, every personality is different. I think I am a pretty forgiving person, but I, I think I've learned that over time in Survivor um, that you do got to be a little more cutthroat. So I, I might... It, 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 the game moves so fast that I might just get rid of someone. If they, if they betray me in that night, if I'm feeling for this vote, I don't trust them. I might put their name down. That could change the next day. We might talk and make amends, but yeah, I, I would say maybe that would be my choice in that setting, but so what do you think? Well, that's basically the situation that happened in this episode mm-hmm. with Shan, right? Yeah. No reason, Brad, I'm going to tell you, I got this uh, uh, advantage and guess what? I got another one telling you all this stuff. And then JD is betraying her trust Mm -hmm. and she still chooses JD. I'm curious in my mind, I don't know if I would do that. And you just gave, you're going to get rid of the one you can't trust. Mm -hmm. So sorry. She, 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 she votes out Brad. Yeah. She voted Brad out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She keeps one. She can't trust. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And what this has created now is we have our first player who's truly on their own now out there. Jeannie's on her own. She's voted wrong two tribal councils in a row. For some reason, I don't understand why they played up at the beginning of this tribal about Jeannie voting for Ricard in that first tribal council, kind of going rogue and voting for him. They played it up and I went, I said to myself, like, why this and why now? Mm -hmm. Are we we talking about this? Because it's completely irrelevant. Jeannie's name has not been thrown out at all for this tribal council. It's Brad versus JD. We all know that. Um, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this now? But she's on her own. Her, She said earlier in the episode, her number one was Brad. He's gone. Clearly, the line in the sand is drawn. Shan, Ricard, and JD are coming out of that tribe. They're coming out of that tribe strong, and they want to work together. On Yasa, you've got, uh, you've got the three girls that are working together, Evie, Liana, and Tiffany, but also um, Evie or Evie and Xander are working together really closely as well. Um, but Jeannie, I think, is on her own now. She's um, she's in a lot of trouble. And we don't know what's going on at Luvu because they never go to tribal council and they don't lose, which I think that that means a couple of them are going to be in trouble. They haven't had to play. I've said this a couple of times today. They haven't had the chance to play the game. And that's a bit of a disadvantage, unlike you know the Yasa tribe, who's survived two, two tribal councils now. And same with Ua, they've all survived two tribal councils now. They've gotten that experience of of doing that and gone through it together to build that sense of community and camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Jeannie's on her own. She's in real trouble. She needs a tribe swap. No one else needs a tribe swap more than Jeannie does. Tiffany could use, or that Yasa tribe could use one just so they don't keep losing challenges. But, uh, but Jeannie needs a tribe swap more than anyone to reset her game. Absolutely. Yeah. So Brad goes home. I, I was impressed with his gameplay. I have to admit the first episode, I was like, I don't like this guy at all. I don't like how he's playing. 
it really grew on me. And I, I was talking to a few other people, former players tonight by text and kind of some disappointment to see him go out as well. So cool to see, as we talked about Tiffany too, and others kind of who start off one way, you're unsure, maybe you don't even like them. And then, and then they really grow on you and you see the growth in them as well. So good on Brad. Sorry to see him go. Um, we're just about out of time here, but uh, London, Steve, one thing we do like to ask, you've kind of alluded to it already, but uh, as you look at the season, you're a few episodes in now, who do you see? Um, I guess I'll ask you a two-part question because you've told us already. Who, who do you think will, will go to the end? And then maybe who's just kind of your dark horse, someone who, who uh, you know, might, might do better than people think. Yeah, well, right off the bat, I said Xander was my pick right off the bat, first episode. I think he could go far. I think he's played well. He's taking the risk that he needs to take. Um, I think he shouldn't have trusted people so um, openly. I think you, I guess you have to at some point. That's new to me. Um, so he's still the guy I'm going to vote for, even though if I was the others, I would have blown the challenge to get rid of him. I'm still on that train. Um, but he's my pick to win. and. My the dark horse that I do like is a shout out to um, Erica, who wasn't much today. But when you guys talked on the very first episode of who puts himself out there for puzzles and who wants that responsibility, in the first two challenges that she did, she did both puzzles. She's taking on those difficult things that all those big strong guys on that tribe don't want to do so i think that she has um the guts to do things that needs to get done she's confident in, her, in herself to do things that others don't want to do and she's going to ride the coattails of um sydney who is very strong and the rest of the tribe that's very strong uh, she's going to be my dark horse the toronto native um so i'm going to go with um her as my dark horse horse and xander to win but before we go i'm i'm sorry i got one more very yeah go for it yeah brad's gone so does this mean xander is never getting a vote half one third of the group of three is gone what does this mean all yeah i'll close on that one of two things i think there's only two logical solutions here the first logical solution is that the idol is dead. Sander gets his vote back. And just that chance for that idol has been nullified. It's it's out and it goes with Brad. But the other option is Xander still is losing his vote and Brad's advantage will be put back into the game. I think those are the two only logical solutions because you can't have Xander go without a vote for the rest of the game when he's completely out of control of that now. Um, uh, so they can't do that to him. So I think those are the two logical solutions either the idol's dead, the vote, he gets his vote back, he'll never get that idol, or the Brad's advantage goes back into the game. I, or I or they really or they say, um, they write to him and say, you uh, don't have to worry about Brad's line, but you just, now it's just down to two. If if the you and the person from Luvu oh. say it, then that would sure. count. They might do that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, they could do that as well. So then only two of the three of them are active. But I just don't think he can go without a vote for the rest of the game unless no one on Luvu figures out where this clue is. Um, so London, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. It was awesome to get your insight, um, hear your knowledge of survivor and your, uh, inquisitive nature to get to know more 
with us. Um, this has been an awesome edition of Survivor at Home, the podcast, uh, episode three, Survivor 41. We want to encourage everyone, give us a like on whichever, wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or other. Give us a like, subscribe with us. Head to the Survivor at Home website, survivoratthome.com. You can find the podcast there as well. Share it with your friends. Check out season four of Survivor at Home is coming up. Andrew's looking for some registrations. We are yeah, excited to, to promote that. Chalk up that ad and we will see you or hear you. You will hear us, that is, next week on Survivor at Home, the podcast. Take a check out for our next guest. We're excited to, to have them on and we look forward to talking to you next week. Once again, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. I love that you're doing this. Andrew Ironside, thank you so much for doing Survivor at Home. Um, it brings people together that you don't think you would ever in the world get to meet. So I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful that I got to meet Jordan through this. So thank you, Andrew. It's an honor. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you later.